We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at the final episode of The Night Stalker, entitled, What's the Frequency, Coljack? A man is chained to a wheelchair in a filthy room filled with stacks of newspapers. Another man pushes the wheelchair over a yellow line and down a long hallway into a room. Later, the second man pulls the blood-soaked wheelchair back across the line with a rope. Perry Reed is having a birthday and a surprise party, which she knows all about because she's a good reporter. Carl Coljack is working late that night on a series of missing persons cases. There's nothing connecting them, but he's got a gut feeling about it. Perry tries to get him to call it a night and come to her party. She leaves, but before Coljack can follow her, a stranger arrives, acting as if he knows Coljack and asking him for his answer. When Coljack doesn't understand, the man, Paul, kidnaps him. Now chained to the same wheelchair we saw earlier, Paul demands that Kolchak give him the answer that he promised him. Paul is clearly deranged, but Kolchak is eventually able to ascertain that this man was two doors down from him at the insane asylum, and that they talked a lot. Kolchak remembers none of it. Paul believes that Kolchak has been sending him secret, coded messages in the articles he's been writing about the missing persons. The most recent message promises an answer to his problem with the old man. The old man is, for all intents and purposes, the devil. He first appeared to Paul when he was having shock treatment, and he has been both inside Paul's body and mind and in the back bedroom ever since. The old man wants Paul to cross that yellow line, but instead, to keep him quiet, Paul sends the people he's kidnapped down there to appease him. Meanwhile, Jane is getting worried that Kolchak didn't show up for the party and eventually convinces Perry that something might be wrong. When Paul's social worker arrives, Kolchak tries to engineer an escape attempt. Instead, Paul sends the social worker over the yellow line to die. Kolchak plays along and starts to write Paul's story. The idea being that if he's writing codes, it must be subconscious. And by writing Paul's story, he'll reveal the answer. It is, of course, just a stalling technique. Kolchak tries to prove to Paul that it's all in his head and that he is the killer. He has Paul use the thermal camera to prove there's nothing in the room, but there is something. Just then, the badly wounded social worker comes out of the room. He pleads for help, but Paul insists it is the old man in disguise trying to trick them. The social worker does seem to know an awful lot about Carl Kolchak, his wife, her murder, and even casts suspicions on Paul by claiming he was temporarily released and in Vegas the night Kolchak's wife was killed. While Paul deals with a social worker, Kolchak is locked in a back room. He sees Perry arrive and signals her over. She comes in to help Kolchak. They have a touching moment where Kolchak reveals that he's kind of afraid to let people get close to him. She helps Kolchak free of the wheelchair, but Paul comes in before they can get away. Paul is enraged. He has decoded the message in Kolchak's latest work, which tells him to cross the yellow line, and he thinks Kolchak is trying to kill him. He sees Perry and insists that she's the old man and she's tricking Kolchak. He shoots and kills her. Blinded with anger, Kolchak beats the crap out of Paul and drags him across the line and throws him in the room. The door mysteriously slams shut and locks. Kolchak then sees Perry alive and not wounded, and then she disappears. The door opens again and Kolchak investigates. It's filled with the bloody decomposing bodies of the missing people and the dead body of Paul. Nothing more. Later, it's apparent Perry was never there and Kolchak now believes that something was talking to Paul through him. Um, I'm just going to throw out here right now. I am amazingly surprised that not once was there any reference to the mark on Kolchak's wrist in this episode. Why? Why? Well, I don't know. It just feels like he might have tried to look at the at the killer's wrist. I, you know, it just it just it. This feels like it should be part of the mythos to me, and that seems but to be that's, key that's part of it. But that's because it's the 
the last episode, but it wasn't intended to be the last episode. No, no. I just I, I just feel like that this is one of those points along the way that they're supposed to remind us of some of the weird stuff about Kolchak and his mark and the and and stuff and and they just didn't. There was no mention of it at all. Um, but as as a lousy placed last episode or as a episode along the way, what did you think of this episode of the Night Stalker? Well, as a as a last episode, it's pretty good to go out on a high. I mean, I thought this episode was fairly riveting and easily the well. I, cer- certainly one of the best episodes. Certainly one of the best episodes. I mean, the the source in the ocean mm-hmm. had the scene, had their good yeah. points, um, but but this one was really really well crafted and um, written by no less than the creator of Breaking Bad, of course. So perhaps we shouldn't be surprised. And a good many of the best X Files episodes. We'll forget about the Lone Gunman for now. Who who is the writer on that? It was Vince Gilligan. Oh, Vince Gilligan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't. Uh, I didn't make note of it. I, I will say this: um, his portrayal or his dialogue for Paul, making him sound truly, truly deranged, was but exceptional. It- I, I some of the things that he said sounded so nuts and so natural at the same time that it yes. was, uh, you know, it, it was just downright chilling. That that whole bit about killing his grandmother and and how he's he's explaining to Kolchak it's only 11 bucks it's not a big deal <laughs> right you know it's like you know she's get, she's blowing this all out of proportion it's only 11 dollars yeah, yeah. but you killed her because of it <laughs> you it's know? scary because it's so logical he, what, yeah. what, he, what he's got going on in his head makes absolute sense to him, even when he's explaining, yeah. when he's telling Kolchak his story of these horrible, horrible things yeah. that he's done. He's back there in the in the kind of self justification of it. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, and then I had to kill Gramps because I, I couldn't have stood the way he looked at me. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, it just it, just listening to that, and well, that that is that writer has a disturbed mind. <laughs> Perhaps well, that's, a, you know, but uh, no doubt about that. <laughs> but he, he also has a, he also has a, a real sense, I think, the character and the way in which he's brought out. Um, be, be, uh, because I've not been much of a fan of Stuart Townsend's Kolchak, mm-hmm. um, but he's managed to really just hone in on the key aspect of Kolchak's character that he wants to use in this story and it and it doesn't feel particularly like a a, a, a story in the Kolchak tradition and that's not why I enjoyed it I enjoyed it because it was a good story in its own right but he's picked up on this idea of Kolchak as being um, himself somewhat damaged because obviously you know the the whole shared shared history in the in the institution they were in is is part of the story mm-hmm. um, so so that's the element of Kolchak's character he's focused on. Though Perry's not in it very much, he's immediately gone in for the right. You know, Perry is this dedicated journalist who's reached a point where she's wavering because of the things that she's seen, and that Kolchak has shown to her. And Jane, well, Jane is like a, a Kolchak groupie. Mm. And <laughs> okay. E- you know, so e- each each of them, even though they have their 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 little moments, each of them has a very kind of clearly defined character and motivation and as does Paul you know Paul's motivation in this is absolutely crystal clear it may be difficult for Kolchak to get his head around exactly what's happening to him because he's so unhinged but from Paul's perspective everything that he's doing has has purpose and like he says he you know he feels bad about some of this stuff but but hey what could he do yeah, I, you know, he can't let the old man get him. That's right. That's right. So, do we? There is a there's a piece of dialogue. All right, let's, let's take this step back. There's a couple questions that I I don't quite understand. Um, we are given their room numbers. I don't think that really matters. Two twenty three, right. two twenty seven. Right. So there's room two twenty five, and then room two twenty seven. So, and he says, "I was two doors down from you." How the heck did they communicate two doors apart? I'm I'm kind of picturing them being locked in the cells. I I I've got no idea, but and is two twenty five? Why would they be in their room all the time? 
because they're in an it's insane hospital, asylum. <laughs> I guess I'm picturing it more as Bedlam than I am a modern psychiatric facility, but maybe. Okay, but we're talking about 2003 here, aren't we? Yeah, still. I, I'm, I don't know. I guess... Um, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, is somebody in room 225 significant? Like, why not I'm in the room next to you? They made a big deal out of it. I'm in the room two doors down. Gave the room numbers. It's almost as if 225 is expected to show up later on. I, well, I thought there might be something in the numbers, but since, since they were using the Fibonacci sequence and mm-hmm. they're not in the Fibonacci sequence, I thought, well, it probably isn't something significant in this i just i had at some point later on i expected them to pop up with you know somebody mentioned something about 225 and then we have a flashback to that scene where he's like you were in 223 i was in 227 two doors down from you and and you know how they put those in in flashback for for later use it it, it felt like something they were setting up for later on obviously well i don't later I, on, I don't know i mean i thought that i thought there might be more to the title to pay off that was my other thought uh, other than just being an REM tribute, but uh, no, I think they just thought it's a it's a good title, which yeah, it is even if it does, has nothing to do with the story. And since they don't really put the titles on the episodes like the X Files anyway, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, what they are, but it's it is a uh, I felt so. He has a a line of dialogue where Kolchak, after talking with this guy, says to him, "Look, the old man doesn't exist. He's your guilt over murdering." your whoever grandparents in this case i think i think he was still in because of the murder of his grandparents and or these other people perhaps he's talking about the missing people and and paul counters on him with well is the creature the monster that killed your wife your guilty conscience over your murdering your wife it's like paul is absolutely convinced kolchak murdered kolchak's wife yeah i i wonder if there's any more in the conversation that Kolchak had with him in the asylum than, you know, since Kolchak doesn't remember it. I'm just curious, as, you know, if they talked all the time and he obviously knows all about the story of the animals and the death and he thinks Kolchak did it. And it almost sounded like Kolchak told him he killed his wife and that he used the monster as a, but I'm not sure. I, I, I just thought it was interesting that they brought that parallel up in the story and, uh, uh, in a story that has taken Kolchak down a, a relatively dark path here. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I think the implications at the end of this story are that Kolchak isn't just chasing this story. He's part of this story. M- more than just being the innocent bystander who was there when his wife was killed. You, you mean the story, of, the story of his wife rather than the story of the missing people? Yes. I think the story of the series. I've, well... I, yeah. He has, I mean, he is part of it. It's his wife. Right. But the the, the question here is whether he well, is the... a murderer. And the answer by the end of the episode is actually, you know what? Yes. Maybe he is. No, actually well, he is. He I killed mean, this guy, you mean? Well, effectively, well, you might argue it's manslaughter because of the lack of intent. Um, but it's it's interesting. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't actually go back to flashback for any of this because I think one of the key things is the ambiguity underlies the kind of this this yeah a huge amount of this is is to do with um the 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 scariness of what goes on in your mind and particularly obviously the scariness of what goes on in in Paul's mind because he's a complete Mm. um you know he he's he's a he's a sociopath and he also you know clearly has clinical issues that he's being treated for and that the the whole darkness in his head is has a physical manifestation or an apparent physical manifestation or a physical focus i mean it is a physical manifestation i think by the end of the episode but even then there is some ambiguity over it so what we're getting is is that reflected onto onto kolchak and so it seems to me quite important that kolchak has to struggle to remember some of this stuff it's it he's he's exploring what's in his own head and he at, f- he, at first he can't remember any, any of the stuff with paul and now you could go into flashback and and show exactly what passed between just as indeed you could go back into flashback and show exactly what happened to his wife but i like it that all of that is left to um the interpretation of we can hear what 
Kolchak is saying, we can hear what Paul's account of what Kolchak is saying. And, you know, we can, to some extent, we can see what goes on at the end when Kolchak enters that room. But it's really a lot of it is is left open. Okay, so um, I'll go in. I I wasn't expecting flashbacks here. I'm thinking that were there further episodes, we might see Paul again in flashback to the hospital. I guess. I guess. I I, I I kind of feel Paul's story is complete in... Well, it's finished. Um, it's finished. Um, but, you know, he still was a character in that dark period in Kolchak that, that, you know, we're trying to figure out answers to his wife's death. If his time in the insane asylum is germane, um, it, it, it could be. Let me ask this question. You say you think uh, Kolchak committed manslaughter in in this episode. <sighs> By what means did Paul die? I mean, if I if I toss somebody through a doorway, <laughs> that's not manslaughter. And if at the other end of the room they end up dead, I, is that I, because if you, was, if you if you toss them through a doorway in electric in electrical substation, then that depending on your intent, that could be murder. It could. It, the question is whether you know what will happen on the other side of the door. Right. And, and, and did Kolchak believe the old man was there? I, I well, don't think is, Kolchak this is, this did. Is, no, this is the nice thing about the story is that is that you've got someone here who is because there's a, a a strong sense in which Paul's madness is 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 there to because Kolchak's own uh, his own kind of um, issues are reflected in there that 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 Paul is there for that purpose and and yet he is expounding something that Kolchak finds I didn't say so extraordinary that he can't believe it but also it's that he finds something in Paul that he finds easier to explain in some other way so he's doing the psychology bit with the whole oh this is this is your your guilt and Paul kind of rebuffs him with how obvious that is but that's what happens to Kolchak most of the time when he comes up with some screwy theory about how a murder has taken place and Vincenzo or Perry or whoever will say to him, actually, there's a far more obvious explanation than this. And and Kolchak will stick to his thing. Here, he has someone who is further out than him and he will not believe it. So I I think at the point when he takes him to the room, he still doesn't believe it. What he believes is that Paul is delusional, that Perry, the dead Perry is real, and that Paul has killed her, and that all of Paul's claims that the old man is is trying to generate this response in Kolchak are are actually Paul um, basically sidestepping his own responsibility for, for for his actions that are a product of his delusions. Okay, then I see. I don't see that as manslaughter because he he yes he beat the guy up. That's assault. There's no doubt about it. He he probably had some pretty good grounds. All right, reckless endangerment. I don't know. But, I'm no lawyer. You know, I I feel like he was dragging him down that hallway and throwing him in the room to make him face quote unquote his non-existent demons. He was he had he was seeing red. Yeah, he, he was, was seeing doing red. It. He was, he was doing, doing it the meanest thing he could think of to that guy. Paul was scared of it. Yeah. Yes. He it wasn't was, trying to help him. He wasn't trying to help him face something. He was trying to. He was trying to, to do the worst thing he could possibly think of to do to him. But he didn't realize how bad it was. So they were not very clear in the picture, which I thought was interesting. The other dead bodies were all bloody and mutilated. Paul was not. As far as we could see. As far as we could see. It wasn't very clear. And the blood on his face could have been from the fight with Kolchak. I, there wasn't even much blood, blood on his face at, at, in the final shot. Um, it, it, you know, it wasn't me. I watched this with my wife and that was, that was her first comment. It was like, interesting that he's not all cut up like the others. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what killed him. Did his heart just stop because he was terrified of going in that room? Cause he was nuts at, or. But who killed the others then? I mean, if you're, if you're going That's to. That's a good question. Who did kill who, the others? <laughs> well, we, for, from what we have seen, we have the advantage over Kolchak in that we can see that it wasn't Paul who killed the others. <clears throat> In, indeed, it, it seems a bit strange that Kolchak himself doesn't realise that someone else must have killed the the um, uh, okay so the, the the guy who came the, the was, social worker okay so let, 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 worker, but let me ask he, yeah let me ask this question then um, yes we did see the scene at the beginning where he 
pushes the guy down the hallway and he stay he stays behind the yellow line and the door slams and the, the horrible thing and then he pulls the the wheelchair back out with a rope although how the heck he did that and the door slammed on the guy how could there have the, been a rope the door attached? reopens but there was a rope attached that he pulled the wheelchair back with if you if, mean it would have stopped the door slamming yes not not well if the doors are it's a pretty big rope <laughs> if the do- if the doors are anything like the quality of the doors in my house, no, that's not a problem. This, this rope is like an inch thick. This is a huge piece of rope. But okay, maybe at the bottom. I don't know. I didn't see the rope when I watched it at the beginning. You don't really see it until he's pulling the wheelchair back. Of course, it's soaked with blood. And he, you know, we, we later see that when it comes back soaked with blood, he has to spend some time cleaning it up. Um, I thought it was very interesting in the way the scene was shot when Kolchak witnesses that, that we don't actually see it. It, It's never shown to the audience during that scene that that guy actually gets sent all the way down the hall and that Paul doesn't go with him. And so when Kolchak says, no, you just went down and knifed the guy to death, it's like Kolchak didn't see it either. And I Mm. thought that was an unusual choice. Um, and, and And I thought they were intentionally making it ambiguous, but then at the same time you're like, but we saw it happen earlier when Kolchak wasn't here. Ergo, monster exists. But you know, they they did a lot. They did a lot of the thermal camera. I mean, a thermal camera. If you take a picture like that, assuming that it would work through a door like that, <clears throat> as another story, um, you know, would do a better job of of resolving the outline of that thing. But instead, it's just a hot spot. It's kind of moving. It doesn't look like the social worker. It doesn't look like anything. So again, it's kind of ambiguous. It's like, wouldn't that look like something with arms and legs? But it doesn't. So it's all, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I agree. It's all very well put together in this episode. And the, there's so much ambiguity along the way. But I guess what I want to get a confirmation from you or, or denial from you is that I do think that when we reach the end of the episode... Carl Kolchak is 100% convinced that he was communicating with that guy through codes written in his articles and that he did not know it. Is that how you walked away from that? Um, I, I'm not sure he was 100% convinced by it because I I read that as being deliberately deliberately ambiguous. The, the voiceover that you get after that, which is from Perry for some reason. And the beginning. Kolchak, indeed. Um says you you've not found these evils at all rather they have found you the answer that kolchak gave was to throw the man into a room where he knew the man would meet his certain death and he did and so what i take from that is that there is something kolchak has found something evil inside himself okay i mean kolchak's that, comment that, that was that, that was the answer he gave paul and 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 it's i don't know it's a question of you're, you're, they're, they're trying to, well, I don't know if this is what they're tr- normally trying to do, but it, it's the way it's set up for the episode is that they're, they're trying to investigate evil, but actually evil has somehow found a, a, a grip on Kolchak himself. Okay, so he does say to Perry at the very end, when they were talking about the guy thinking he had his answers, he said, yep. he's right. I did have the answers, yep. but it didn't come from me. And she says, if it didn't come from you, Carl, where did it come from? Darn good question. But, like I say, what I, what I was reading from what he said was more about, more, more about disassociating himself with the actions he took than any information he gave him. Does he believe, then, that the Perry he saw and the Perry that died was the old man or a manifestation of his own mind? I th- I think at this point he believes that it's a manifestation of well I mean whether it's actually the old man it's something produced by the old man but the the, the see that's so that's he, he's, so out he's, of character for Kolchak right I mean all, not just this Kolchak but the previous Kolchaks it's no it's it's literal I I've you know people say that this guy committed his wife but I think a werewolf did it or. You know, this is the story where suddenly he doubts that. It's like, no, you know, maybe I am nuts. But instead, I, I, I feel like he came off realizing that there's, there is something external and evil at work. Yes, through him. Yes, I, 
Yes. External to him. Okay. Not not just. No, that is certainly how he's seeing it. That is okay. certainly how he's seeing it. So he he's basically he is externalizing like when you do bad things, it's not you, it's the devil working through you. Do you think it is external to him, or that it's his psychosis? I think it is external to him in the sense that there was something else in that house. But I also think that it, the way it worked was it tapped into something in him. Okay. And Through his I, frequency. <laughs> that, could, that could be it. Um, but They're on the same wavelength, man. Of wavelength of evil. I think they just like, I think they really like R.E.M. But it, it could be that. I, I, I think that the, the ambiguity there is over whether whatever it was that was, that was external and was working through Kolchak could have had that effect on him if there weren't some darkness or whatever inside Kolchak himself. In other words, it was it, it what clearly what was happening was it was provoking him. Mm-hmm. It was it was provoking him to anger, it was provoking him to to kill Bob. to violence. Yeah. And the the fact is it succeeded. Right, it tried it with a social worker when it basically said Paul killed your wife. Yeah. Which, you know, what, same, a, what yeah, an same absurd thing. what an absurd coincidence. Could that have been? <clears throat> oh yeah, she he happened to have a release day and he went to Vegas and killed your wife. Like, okay, that that's pretty pretty weak, the fact that, you know, this is something that Kolchak didn't even know at that stage uh, of the game, but still. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think he did a good job. So, were Kolchak and Perry flirting at the beginning of the episode? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I th- it, was, it seemed to me that part, part of what Villigan, <laughs> Villigan, part of what Gilligan was tapping into in this episode was the kind of sexual chemistry that is supposed to exist between Perry and Kolchak and he was also playing into that when he did the whole Jane speech about hey Kolchak loves you kind of thing yeah okay I, I, and, I and, thought and, that and too partly soon? purposefully within the, within the story because it made the impact of Perry's death on Kolchak more meaningful well he even had that he even had that conversation with her too like you know hmm. I'm I'm have trouble you know getting feeling like I can get close to somebody because I feel I have to do it alone. And I mean, he, he's basically giving her a sort of, I'm keen on you, but, you know, I'm damaged goods <laughs> story at that point, too. Which, of course, turns out he's not talking to the real Perry. Which is a get out for yep. this, this being is it, episode 10. Is it? Yeah, I was going to say, is it too early for this? I mean, how long was it before Mulder and Scully had any kind of... Uh, I'd go to the... Almost to the it's flirting in the pilot. Point. Is it? Well, that's... what the chemistry is. The chemistry, on, yes, the way chemistry. stronger than anything in this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The chemistry absolutely is there all along with Mulder and Scully. Ab- absolutely, I get no. <sighs> there is the Jersey Devil episode where somebody is kind of implying, well, you know, so this guy you're working with is he good looking? And and she poo poo's it, and then kind of. <laughs> yeah things about but i mean it's quite a bit longer before they ever got to any point where the two of them were openly flirting with each other and or kind of confessing something and i and i just feel like it's i don't think any too early well here another three i don't think years, any maybe. actual actual what you'd call flirting happens between them in the first seven or so series okay because see, what, what so happens wow. is they is they develop a very close friendship but that doesn't exist between Kolchak and perry right so um but by by the end of the first series of the x-files they're quite open with each other about how important they are to each other in terms of being colleagues and friends but right i just feel like there isn't the same professional fact. respect in Kolchak. Sorry, in, in Night Stalker, they, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to me like Kolchak has much. Still has much time for Perry as a reporter. Yep. Perry's maybe coming around to the idea of Kolchak might be onto something sometimes, but she's still basically coming from the point of view that he is a crank. She doesn't. She doesn't necessarily expect him to turn up at her birthday party. She's not that surprised when he doesn't. Kolchak acts like he wasn't invited, but Jane says he was. Yeah. That's okay. So I don't I don't think I don't think that that personal and professional closeness exists there. All all you're getting is is um is the is the kind of it 
there's a there's a there's a little bit of flirting going on and there's a little bit of kind of opening up but it it's really some it's i think it's something very different so mm. i don't think it's comparable okay in the same way and i and and i think i think maybe this is going somewhere else i've no idea what the long term plans were okay. but they can do it in episode 10 only because Perry doesn't hear it. So, it's, you know, it's fairly mild, but also they yeah. can just row, row back on it. Okay, so uh, back back a little bit to, to something you said earlier, and we've talked about how Kolchak seems to leap to these nutty responses, whereas Mulder seems to have... Uh, you know, an archive of files and uh, is a brilliant profiler and, and has all these mental and resource tools for him to leap to crazy conclusions. Kolchak seems to be coming at them on stories that have no telltale signs like the the brutal murders in uh, Five People You Meet in Hell, the first one. Yeah. He, he already thinks there's something weird there when there just absolutely is nothing whatsoever to go on it so now i'm gonna i want to ask you to go back and look at that again with the revelation that they are very clear in this story if not obvious necessarily that the reason kolchak is following these stories these missing person stories even though he recognizes that there's absolutely nothing between them is a gut feeling that he's got and if He's been writing stories on behalf of the old man and not realizing it. Could his gut feeling be, for want of a better word, the old man guiding him to these stories? Is that well, that's, an, that's an interesting question. So you mentioned you I you mentioned in your Tracy that the old man is the devil. I, I think the way you described him, yeah. We've already come across the fact that in uh, the source in the ocean, the bikers were actually intended to be the four horsemen it wasn't just yeah they seemed like it they actually you know that was a that was a something to be developed so um so it it makes me wonder that certainly what we get very strongly in this episode and i'm not sure that i feel it was so much there before so i don't know if it's again gilligan finding a particular take on vincenzo who's really barely in this one i mean so little that he, he has just the one scene yeah and and in that he makes it clear that in the past couple of years he thinks Kolchak has basically gone off the rails it wouldn't be entirely clear to me why he has hired Kolchak given given what he thinks of his current mental state at least if we didn't know that he had so much respect for the work that Kolchak had done in the past but it does it, it does beg the question. Kolchak can make no one see any rhyme or reason for doing what he does. So it would be it would be a perfectly plausible explanation mm. to suggest that yes, he is being directed because he seems to end up coming across stories without there being any obvious reason why he should have been able to unearth them. Oh, you have to wonder why if. If he's being directed by a malignant force, why is he being directed to expose these other malignant things? Is it a war of the malignancies and one or is side it just, is... is it just a, a, a way of involving him, of Could drawing be. him into the kind of the evil in the way that we see in this episode? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that. Um, I'll take that as a, a, a valid possible uh, possibility. I, I just, yeah... It just seems kind of almost like a retcon to try to explain bad plotting in in the past. But that's kind of what I got out of it. It's like there, even he realizes that he doesn't have a reason to be, understand why he thinks these articles are mixed together. My other question is, independent of that, clearly Paul has an awful lot of newspapers stacked up in his house. Yes. What are we supposed to take from that? It's a good set. <laughs> obsessive compulsive or is he getting other messages from other things or has he been going through thousands of papers until he finally finds Coljack's articles or i, I it, that would be that'd be <laughs> perfectly plausible all right i i just i just curious about that it doesn't i my original thought was when i watched this the first time my original thought was he was talking about carl Coljack's articles all the time but but in this one, I think it was when I got it this time, it was a little more clear. He's talking about the four articles he wrote about the four missing people. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, it's, it's, he was reading the articles about himself, and he sees there by Carl Kolchak, a guy he knows, and then leaps onto it. And on, and because my brain leaped the gear, what I was thinking of earlier was the, the scene with Vincenzo. Um, yes, it's clear he thought Kolchak was a hell of a reporter. We have seen in the past that he does not believe Kolchak murdered his wife. He doesn't yes. believe that. He believes Kolchak. He believes Kolchak went a little nuts. Yes, but he, that's what he believes. And so are we not supposed to... I mean, this is a real problem in society, whether it comes to people who've been in prison or whether it's people who have been under psychiatric care. It's harder to get a job afterwards because yeah. people will never walk away and think, well, you know... It's harder, it's harder once to get crazy, a job. crazy, always crazy. So, I mean, he is... He's yeah, clearly which, giving which him is, this which job. Which, of course, is wrong. Yeah, he's clearly giving him this job because he respects the man and he wants to give him another chance. And I'm guessing that he is at least turning in adequate performance work so that Vincenzo doesn't say, well, you know, your crazy obsessions are impacting your work, therefore... But clearly he thinks they are impacting his work. So, I mean, obviously you're right. And it would be difficult enough to get a job if you had, you know, had a, a, a an episode where you've been committed and and that was on record then suspect even your wife yeah yeah well and and the rest of it but even if you were completely uh, recovered and functioning well you would find it difficult to get a job but what clearly is going on here is that vincenzo does not think that kolchak is the man that he used to be he says i would something along the lines of i wouldn't have thought that of the kolchak i knew 2 years ago now that's not to say that he isn't turning in publishable work and that he isn't doing a reasonable job but it does suggest that he thinks that Kolchak is capable of doing a lot more than he is doing okay He's I'll not go with fulfilling that. his potential absolutely I'll go with that I, I'm, I I didn't mean to imply that it wasn't impacting his work at all I meant that it was not impacting his job performance to the point where it was necessary to let him go he's still doing no, a no. journeyman's and, job whereas he used and, to be and, a star reporter yeah perhaps and 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 I'm sure that's true. You know, if you're running a paper, you have journalists who have purple patches and then they have periods when, for whatever reason, they have a dry spell. They don't turn in good stories, you know, and that could be because they're having personal issues or it could be because they're struggling with drink or it could be for any number of reasons. And so in that sense, Kolchak may not be so different from any of the others. It's just that his particular personal circumstances interest us in this story. Okay. Um, I don't know that I have anything else about this particular story. The other, the other main thing that I felt about this was that it didn't. The things that appealed to me about it were how 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 cleverly constructed and tense it was as a horror story, but that. As such, it didn't particularly feel like the the kinds of horror stories that have been part of the Kolchak tradition since the Night Stalker. And you know, when when we were talking about uh, Timeless, we were saying how very much it actually did not only resemble a, a, a kind of classic Kolchak, if you like, story, but the Night Strangler in particular. And this one. I've not actually read it, but I know a little about the plot, and it struck me that it seemed to be inspired by misery. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with it. I have not, um, not seen or re- uh, read the book. Misery. But when he was chained up and at the typewriter, yeah, couldn't there's... help thinking there's got to be a little bit of inspiration there from it. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Theft of ideas is uh, the sincerest form of flattery. Indeed, in and, it, and, it, and yeah, it's a good story. It's a good story. <laughs> Um, well, this is the final episode, not intended to be the final episode. I think we mentioned before there were there were three unaired episodes. They they cut it literally in the middle of the the source and the sea. So and four, four unaired, four unaired episodes. Oh yeah, 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 four four unaired episodes. They cut it literally in the middle of a two parter. Uh, we've now gone through the unaired episodes, and um, we have come to the end of our journey with Carl Kolchak until the major motion picture. Which I'm sure it's just waiting around the winds for me to write. Um. Well, I, it, did, it did leave me thinking about what, what, would, what would Kolchak look like in the kind of 2019 version? Because it, it's, 
I mean, I thought what one one possibility is, you know, Kolchak is the obvious route. I, I guess is you know he's working for a conspiracy theorist blog or something like that. Mm-hmm. But actually, and I, I think that would have been the kind of 2015 version of Kolchak. But Social actually, media now, yesterday. Well, it's not just that, but it's actually what do you want to write about now? Because it seems to me that it would make sense for Kolchak to actually be a uh, mainstream media kind of journalist, just as you know he always has been. But to make him the one who is actually a bit more like, as uh, as Perry puts it, boring Tony with his weird preoccupation with printing verifiable facts, because that's that's what we need now. We need a hero who isn't the one who is going to just jump at the fake news all of the time. It's 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 no longer about finding these rare and fantastic stories it's about filtering it out of all of the shit that gets deluged on you through the internet so to have Kolchak as being the one who actually has the the kind of journalistic experience and the and the the ideals of properly standing up a story based on actual evidence would and and yeah maybe he's a bit jaded but to, but to have but you know maybe the 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 partner or the sidekick is the one who's trying to to bring him the the weird and wacky stories and jumping every time that uh, something spooky and strange comes along but kolchak is the one who's saying actually hmm. let's 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 stand the story up let's find the evidence here and not disbelieving it but actually shooting down the nonsense and filtering so, out the the reality we have a 20 episode series and in that Kolchak and his partner, the Believer, uh, in, say, 16 of the episodes, Kolchak shoots it down and it's totally normal, a la Scooby-Doo. It's a guy in a mask. And in in the four uh, Mythos episodes that they make during the course of the year, they can't completely shoot it down. So they have that sort of lingering on until ultimately you find out that Donald Trump is, in fact, a reptilian. (laughs) <laughs> uh, in, I'm, in not, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to have you, because you because you're insisting on proper journalistic standards that you have to have a fictional world in which none of these crazy things are possible but just that very very much like I guess in the X-Files they did with uh, Scully's perspective that she was a scientist and she wanted to have proof for the things that Mulder was claiming before she would believe them and proof did come along but actually what the X-Files was much more about was the whole government conspiracy thing and you you can't trust governments and actually I feel like where we're at now is such a long way from that that what we need is something much more about the importance of democratic institutions and yes they may not be perfect but it's 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 the demagogues and the the extremist nutters who are trying to tear down the institutions because they further their own agendas and what you need to do is actually stand up for the values of the the people who expose them and you can do that within a story that actually says yes you know some some things are fantastical some things are supernatural but not everything is and the only way you can actually make sense of those stories is to filter out the nonsense from what's actually true by maybe being hopelessly idealistic. Well, you know, somebody's got to be hopelessly idealistic to um, to write these stories and to, you know, carry the banner. Although I, I still think my idea of Keanu Reeves as Kolchak in an action-adventure comedy film <laughs> is, uh, <coughs> is, is the way to go anyway. Okay, so uh, having concluded that episode, I want to go back to Wikipedia for a moment <coughs> and say that when... The Night Stalker was released on DVD per Wikipedia. I I have them through iTunes, so I don't have any bonus extra features or commentaries. Uh, but on some of the commentary, uh, Spotnitz gave some additional information about what would have been or what we had seen. And uh, they marked those down in Wikipedia, and I'm just going to go over them. There's about six points here that uh, we already, you already cottoned on to one, and so I revealed it that, yes, the bikers were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That was that was one of them. The blonde guy was the pale rider. Um, and because you suggested it in the podcast that we did earlier, I went ahead and said, yes, Spotnitz has said that that is actually, that is correct. The Mark. 
on Kolchak's wrist is the mark of evil. Um, if the series had continued, there would have been more living people with a mark on their wrist. Kolchak would have been told the opposite, that the mark was a sign of goodness by a mysterious man later in the season, but the truth would be told to him by the end of the season. So that was, uh, that's his mark. Um, I can see why you're expecting to see it in this episode then. Yes. Unfortunately, I did know that. And, uh, uh, so the victims uh, who's on the wrist that the mark appears only after their death are, in fact, good people that have been killed by evil, I'm guessing there. Um, Linda Kaleka. That killed was the... by people with the mark on their wrist. Well, I don't know if it's... No, it doesn't say that. It was, it was... They were killed... They are people who are marked as good. Right. Presuming they were killed by evil people because, you know, evil people kill people. But I'm, that, that, that part is presumably not, not, in the, not in evidence here. The woman, Linda Kaleka from the pregnant woman at the end of um, the, the sea, and Julie Medlock, who was, I'm not sure if she is the child or one of the women from the pilot, probably the child that got kidnapped, <clears throat> but the Medlocks were the, the family, would have reappeared at some point in the future, so they had more to do in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, during the episode... What about Ed Head? <clears throat> no comment here about Ed Head. Sorry. Oh, goodness me. But, you know, maybe, maybe she was popular enough if that episode had even aired they would have started writing around her. During the episode, The Source, Kolchak passes a sign with a pyramid on it. On the commentary, Spotnitz noted that the pyramid is the symbol of a group and that all members of that group have the symbol on their wrist. The pyramid means the opposition of good and evil. I have not seen that. Even when I rewatched it, I didn't notice the the pyramid that that Kolchak passes. And... And well, this I have is... the DVD, so I could listen to it with the commentary. And you could it. listen to it with the commentary. <clacht> and then the last Since one. This is the better episode. I, I think most episodes I wouldn't bother, but maybe <laughs> that one. And here is, here is the, the, here's the, the weirdest one of the bunch, in my opinion. The anonymous source that Carl was speaking to on the phone in the source, you know, the cell phone that yes. later had never been deactivated in the house that didn't exist, was, in fact... Carl Kolchak himself. Right. Doesn't say right. Carl from the future. Doesn't say why. Just says that was Carl himself. So his well, own why brain recognize talking, it? making it up for time machines or... Don't we hear the voice? Don't we hear it? It's distorted. Ah. It's like it's on a scrambler. And yes, and oh, yes, yes. I yes. listened to it this time very carefully. And it is. I'm pretty sure it is Stuart Townsend. Yeah. It kind of has the same pattern of speech. Not perfect, but, you know, it's very short sentences. But, yeah, I, I think it, it was. So I don't have any reason to doubt it. Possessing. But um, tantalizing. I wish Spotnitz would, you know, write a series of novels or something and, and, and finish this off for us or, or something. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I do want to know where he was going with this. But I guess... I'm not sure I particularly do based on what you've just said. I curious <laughs> i mean we're we've, we've kind of okay so i will i will point this out and it's a show i didn't watch because eh, i didn't care um uh, i think i might have watched the first episode and i just I, I just didn't care millennium i haven't seen it it's on my list <clears throat> because it, it that crosses back over into the x-files i believe right i i, I think i think this Vince is Gilligan it may have written the this is it episode. i think i think this is the same idea Secret organization of evil. Okay. I mean, that, in in the in the broadest of not spoilery, this is the series about secret group of eagle trying to bring about the world's destruction at the millennium. That that's the something's going to happen mm-hmm. on and our hero uh, Lance Herrick, Henrik Herrickson, uh, has to solve it, getting past his own demons, that that kind of thing. So it, it does kind of. Soundly, like maybe they came to the well again because I don't think I don't think Millennium did well. No, it didn't. Which is, I think, again, like the the uh, the Lone Gunman, why it ends up being concluded in the X Files. Yeah, yeah. And I know they did they did cancel it and then conclude it in the X Files. I just I don't know how long Millennium lasted. Did it last a year? Three? Oh, it was three seasons. Three seasons. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's better than what I it thought. wasn't. It wasn't disastrous. <clears throat> it was be- it was better than the Lone Gunman. Or okay. indeed, Night Stalker. <laughs> it lasted longer, that's for sure. It lasted longer. But but will they be talking about Millennium 30 years after the, the series aired? Sure. Only will. see if people even still talk. 
talk in 30 years. Well, it's already 20 years. <clears throat> so we're only talking another decade. Oh, crikey. <laughs> it has been that long. Okay, 40 years. Night Stalker was... Kolchak the Night Stalker was 40 years ago. 40. <laughs> Come on. Anyway. Uh, well, uh, Simon, thank you for uh, joining me for this... Uh, trip down both memory lane with the cold jack the night stalker and the it's almost 50 years and yeah, now stop uh, it uh, yes. stop it. sorry <laughs> sorry uh yes uh, it's been the my shows pleasure, i watched as, as a kid are not almost 50 years old no no of course they're not of course they're not my apologies <laughs> they can be in their 40s but they cannot be in their 50s that is not allowed <laughs> to be fair i don't remember so i'm only 53 so i don't remember anything when i was three years old except maybe little bits of star trek so couldn't be that old but getting close getting close um we haven't 100 percent uh uh satisfied ourselves as what the next series will be looking at and we have some ideas but i'm uh i'm not gonna tell you it'll be a surprise uh when it uh, when it pops up and we might have a couple we might or might not have a couple of one-offs before we get there but anyway simon thank you for joining me a pleasure as always and listeners i do hope you'll join us all again next time on fusion patrol you've been listening to fusion patrol a listener supported podcast find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol come join the conversation on facebook or twitter all episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. our music is fight the future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. It's it's really not true. I I fully expect us to do Firefly. I wasn't. Uh... I was going to say. I was going to say. I thought we decided. But I was <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah, if yeah. we decide? I Absolutely, forgotten. we're doing Firefly. I just didn't want to tell him uh, at that point. <laughs> I'm going to save yeah. it.